What if friends weren't super white? You would get Guy Olivieri's warm and charming half-hour comedy, I'm Not Like This, and we're reading it today on the Unproduced Table Reads, so stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Gentlemen, welcome to the Unproduced Table Read here on the Popcorn Talk Network. If this is your first time tuning in, this is, of course, a show where we read Hollywood's hottest unproduced pilots and features. And today we're reading a lovely half-hour comedy by UTR alumnus Guy Olivia Berry, who will be calling in in just a little bit. But before we get into the show... We should introduce ourselves, guys. My name is Jeff. If you want to find me on the internet, you can do that at Jeffrey C. Graham. Uh, hi, I'm Andrew Guy. Uh, was Friends super white? Friends was pretty white. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. There was Charlie, <laughs> which was, I feel like, their attempt yeah, no. to get uh, out of it. But it, was, it was pretty white. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm Andrew Guy. White. I'll be Billy today. Uh, I'm Haley O'Connor. Today I'm reading Amy. Hi, guys. I'm Adrian. I'll be reading for uh, Carly and Vanessa. What's up, everybody? I am Timothy Michael, and I will be reading Dominic. And I'm actually reading today, guys. Uh, I yeah. myself. I'm reading as Jay. Yay. So um, <laughs> one thing pleasure. I love about one thing I love about this pilot is um, that all of us are playing like one character. Yeah, yeah. Right. perfect. Um, and it's just it's I just think it's a tight, tightly written comedy, which is it's always good to get some of those. We've had Guy on the show before. As I mentioned, guys, I think this show kind of has shades of Friends. It's about young folks living in the big city, navigating the ups and downs. Young. They're actually not that. They're like in their 40s. Whoa, whoa. I mean, as we all get older, that (laughs) is a pretty loose Uh, term. We'll be 32 next month, so I'm not saying that to bash them. I was just noting that Amy's 39. Jeff's 95. (laughs) For those of you listening to the podcast, I'm wearing a tweed jacket. Yeah, I guess you're right, though. These are more middle-aged folks floundering in Manhattan trying to work their work th- their way through the foibles of love. Like real life. Like real life. Yep. Um, like Gen Xers. Also STDs. They're trying to work their way through. <laughs> like real life. Like real life. So um, hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Um, Guy will be calling in so he's not here to introduce the script but Guy, I think you're watching right now and we're excited to have you. Until then, let's go ahead and read this pilot. Guys, this is a comedy called I'm Not Like This written by Guy Olivieri. Cold open. Exterior New York City dawn. The sun rises over the city. Fade in, opening montage. Peppy 1950s-style TV theme music plays. Interior bedroom, same moment. Amy, 39, cute, hipster, and Billy, 40, handsome, are spooning in bed. Billy's 6.30 a.m. alarm goes off, and he silences it and gets out of bed. Amy pulls him back in, and they playfully kiss. Interior bathroom moments later. Billy is in a row of shaving. Billy is in a robe shaving. Amy in her pink pajamas enters with a cup of coffee for him. She sets it on the sink, smiles, and whacks Billy on the ass. Interior kitchen moments later. Amy puts a plate of scrambled eggs in front of Billy, and she sips coffee and looks wide-eyed at him. On a freeze frame of Billy looking cute. This is my boyfriend, Billy. He's a super hot lawyer. Empirically, he's a 10. Literally, I've done the math. On a graphic, 10 out of 10. Back to scene, Amy looks at him lovingly. Freeze frame, Amy's loving look. I'm Amy, big nerd. I'm finishing up my PhD in statistics. I'm okay. I'm like a six. (laughs) Graphic, six out of ten. Seven in good light. Cut to a graphic of a glamour shot of Amy. Overlaid, seven out of ten. See? Good light. Interior living room moments later. Amy hands Billy his briefcase, a la Donna Reed. Billy goes out the door and he rushes back in and gives Amy another kiss. Freeze frame on the kiss. We've been dating for three months and one day. Graphic, three months equals commitment. We made it official last night. The music fades out, and back to scene. Uh, hey, did you uh, get the dry cleaning? Oh, no, but I totally will. I need it for that meeting. I'm super all. on it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Girlfriend. 
I appreciate you, boyfriend. They smile at each other, and Amy closes the door. She leans against it, looks into the camera, and swoons. On her swoon... We're gross. <laughs> Shut up. Graphic. Hashtag honeymoon phase. Hashtag haters gonna hate. Interior living room. Amy gleefully sits on the couch and opens up her computer. She grabs her phone out of her pocket. Monday to-do list. Task number one. Freeze frame and open Skype window on the laptop with Dominic. Gay, 40, in mid-happy scream. Tell Dominic. Graphic. Task one. Inform the BFF. The big news. Unfreeze as Dominic screams. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, you love him. Back to scene. Uh, we haven't said I love you yet. We're not lesbians. But boyfriend, girlfriend. Also, real talk, I totally love him. <laughs> After a beat, we hear Dominic screaming from the laptop. Yes! Amy looks in the camera and screams too. Freeze frame on the scream. Task number one, check. Now task number two, tell the world Amy is off the market. Devastate my lovas. Back to scene. Amy starts to text with a big smile. Starting with Jay. Graphic. A photo of Jay. A handsome black man on a stage dancing in costume. Overlay 2A. Jay, former Broadway chorus boy, current barista. Close up on Amy's <laughs> phone. Text message saying, hey Jay, sorry to say I can't hook up with you anymore. I've got a boyfriend. Return a text. Really? Sad face? Back to scene. Amy looks into the camera and makes a sad face. Freeze frame on that sad face. Graphic. Hashtag devastated. He was very bendy. I'll miss that. And now, Vanessa. <laughs> Graphic. Photo of Vanessa. A sexy Latina in a suit. Overlay. Ha- er, pound symbol 2B. Vanessa, bank teller. <laughs> Close on phone. Sometimes I get a little literal when I read this. <laughs> Graphic. Photo on Vanessa. A sexy Latina in a suit. Overlay. 2B. Vanessa, bank teller. Close on phone. Text message saying, Vanessa, I can't hang out anymore. Thanks for the good times, babe. Return text. Who dis? <laughs> Back to scene. Amy looks into camera, miffed. Freeze frame on Amy, miffed. She's lashing out because she's so sad right now. <laughs> Graphic, hashtag devastated. Okay, and last but not least, hot Carl. Graphic, photo of Carl, a stunning man. Overlay, 2C. Carl, personal chef. Close on phone, text message saying, Carl, I'm giving it a go with Billy. Thanks for all the good times, but we're going to be exclusive. Return text. Good for you, Amy. Let's still be friends. Back to scene. Amy looks into the camera and makes a aw, cute face. Freeze frame on that face. Graphic. Hashtag. Devastated hottie. Well, he's probably not, like, legit devastated. I mean, look at him. He's got options. But let's imagine he's devastated for funsies. Scene unfreezes and Amy's phone buzzes. Close on Carl. Another close on phone. Another text from Carl. By the way, you can change this contact to Carla. I'm making some changes. Back to scene. Amy looks into camera confused and then figures it out. Oh. On phone, texting back. Of course. Good for you, bro. Whoops. Close on phone. Lady. Good for you, lady. Return to text. Kiss emoji. Back to scene. Amy looks into camera, thinking it over. Atta girl. Realizing she's done, Amy makes a big, goofy smile into the camera. Freeze frame on that. Task number two, complete. On freeze, Amy gets up and starts to do a happy dance. Graphic. Task number three, dance of joy. Task number three, in progress. (laughs) Amy's dancing is interrupted by her phone buzzing. Oh, a message from Vanessa. Probably an apology, biatch. Close on phone. A message from Vanessa. Get tested for gonorrhea. Back to scene. Amy looks slack-jawed into camera. Freeze frame on her blank look. Graphic. What? <laughs> Letters keep getting added to the W-H-A-A-A until it becomes what? And we smash two titles. I'm not like this. Episode one. Con girl. Smash back to the same look on Amy's face as we fade out. Act 1. Interior Dominic's apartment day. 
Amy and Dominic sit on the couch facing each other. The coffee table is strewn with headshots, tape, and scissors. This conversation happens quickly. And this just... Yeah. What a dick. Right? Hold up, hold up. How did Vanessa even give you... Don't, don't make me say it. Say what? Oh, Madonna. Dominic knowingly goes through the stuff on this table. He slowly <coughs> lifts up a pair of scissors, then he lifts up a second pair of scissors, and he slowly brings them together. You're, like, not a funny person. Uh, yeah, I am. So you went to the... Yep. And you do have... Amy pulls out the little package and shows him. Antibiotics? The three-pack girl. Yep. <laughs> what, wait, what about Billy? Uh... You guys became exclusive last night. Does that mean that you last night without using a... Yep. Wait, could you possibly be... Dominic makes a pregnant belly gesture. Girl, please. IUD. And we just went together to get an HIV test, so that's out. Together? Romantic? They both make simultaneous blushing gestures. But you could still totally could have given him the gonorrhea. I know. I know. Shit. Freeze frame on frustrated Amy. Now, as a mathematician, I've always found numbers comforting, so let's apply some statistics to this. Statistics are totes adorbs. So, okay, we had sex one time without condoms. Graphic, one. I had no symptoms, so the chance of me passing it was, what, like one in 20? Graphic, one times one out of 20 equals one out of 20, which equals 5%. Not too bad. Unfreeze. The chances I gave him that are so low. You can pass it even with condoms, shithead. <laughs> okay, yeah. Amy's thinking face. So that's another, like, 30-ish sexual encounters. Um, standard deviation, carry the... Graphic. 1 times 1 out of 20 equals 1 out of 20, which equals 5%. But 30 times 1 out of 100 equals 3 out of 10, which equals 30%. 30% plus or minus 10% equals question mark? Back to scene. So, like... Up to a 15% chance? I need a calculator. Girl. Amy opens her eyes wide and looks into the camera. Freeze frame on those eyes. Graphic. Chances of me getting dumped equals 100%. Back to scene. Wait. I have an idea. Oh, shit. What? Come with me to the bathroom. Dominic runs to the bathroom and Amy dives headfirst into the couch. Whore. Bathroom. Come. (laughs) Freeze frame on Amy flat on the couch. Graphic. Desperation level equals 100%. Back to scene. Amy peels herself off of the couch and follows him in. Coming. Interior, Billy's office that afternoon. Billy is seated behind a desk in a private office at a Park Avenue law firm. He's working hard when Amy busts in. Hello, boyfriend. Billy is slightly annoyed. Uh, Hey, did you forget where the dry cleaner is again? No. Yes, but I'm super on it. Um, Billy, can we talk? Sure. Freeze frame on a forced (laughs) smile. The following rant is technically only 63.63% true statistically, but that's still pretty good, right? Unfreeze. Without waiting for responses, Amy starts talking. As she talks, graphics pop up and numbers adjust. Sorry to burst in. Denise said I should come right in. <laughs> true. Totally. 100%. I was feeling kind of sick today. Graphic. Lie. Total 50%. So I went to the doctor. True. Total 66%. Turns out I have a little infection. True. Total 75%. In my stomach? Lie. Total 60%. And the doctor put me on antibiotics. True. Total 66.6%. And just to make sure you didn't get it too, I borrowed a three-pack from Dominic. (laughs) Graphic. True. Total 71.42%. You know Dominic. He always keeps antibiotics around because... (laughs) promiscuity graphic who am i to judge total 71.42 billy makes a face anyway i got you a three pack just take one pill each day for three days and after two weeks ba-bam graphic true total 75 percent billy starts to make a prune face now i know you don't like to take antibiotics unless you have to because of bacterial resistance and science and shit and (laughs) i'm your girlfriend i know this he nods so you're not gonna take the pills i totally respect that graphic not really (laughs) total 66.66 percent 
The other bad news is since I have a stomach bug. Lie. Total 60%. The doctor suggested that you don't get all up in this for two weeks. <laughs> Amy gestures toward her body. Graphic true. Total 63.63% equals F. Sad, right? You're so sad right now. And I know what you need when you're sad because I'm your girlfriend. Amy pulls a package out of her bag. I made you a brownie. <coughs> Amy presents it and Billy stands up to join her. I'm sorry you're not feeling well, kitten, but I'm not really hungry. Billy puts the brownie on his desk and goes to hug Amy. But I made you a brownie because you're my boyfriend and you can't get all up in this. Amy smiles huge to cover her panic, freeze on that panic smile. Chances I'm a bad person? 100%. <laughs> Graphic, an arrow pointing down to Amy in the words, you're a bad person. Back to scene, Billy takes the brownie and has a bite. Chalky. It's my mom's recipe, so I guess you think my mother's a bad cook? Billy, not sure of what to do, continues to eat. Amy is crazy-eyed. Freeze frame on that. Graphic, an arrow pointing to Amy and the words, You're a scratched bad out, terrible person. Back to scene, Billy fights his way through the last gross bite. He's eating it. He's eating it. Yum. Freeze frame on Billy trying to smile. Graphic, antibiotic dose number one of three. Check. Back to scene, Amy looks directly into camera, surprised at slash pleased with herself. Fade out, act two. Interior Dominic's apartment later. They're back on the couch. You sure he ate the whole... Every last bite. Did it? He said it tasted chalky. Hey, that's your mother's recipe. Dominic, it's not. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Right, I got all cut up. (laughs) He won't buy it again. How am I going to make him eat two more doses? Maybe you could put it in something that has a stronger taste, like... Oh my god, you're a gay genius. I'm calling in the troops. A beat as Amy starts testing. I'm not sure you had to put gay before genius, but I don't hate it. (laughs) A long, awkward pause while they stare at each other. Interior Amy's bedroom early morning. Amy sits up in bed and watches the clock as it turns to 6.15 a.m. She quietly gets out of bed and as noiselessly as possible, she sneaks out of the room. Interior living room continuous. Amy quietly opens her front door and she hears a squeak. Pauses and continues and steps outside. Interior, hallway continuous. Jay stands in the hallway in his barista apron holding two to-go cups. They speak quietly. Thank God. Cut to Jay graphic. Photo of Jay, a handsome black man on a stage dancing in costume. Overlay, 2A. Jay, former Broadway chorus boy, current barista. Back to scene. This one is just coffee, and this one is our signature holiday triple shot peppermint mocha, which we're forbidden to make out of season. So, you're welcome. (sighs) You're Saving my life. Billy is a whore for a peppermint mocha. I'm the best. What can I say? Uh, Hey, did you get tested? I'm currently on the three-pack. I'm so sorry. It's no big deal. It's just as easy to get rid of gonorrhea, but it's hard as hell to get love. Do your thing, kid. You're amazing. Tell your friends. Amy kisses him on the cheek. She starts to leave and comes back. You know, you should totally meet my friend Megan. If if you're still in your white girl phase? I feel like my white girl phase has slowly transitioned into a white girl lifestyle. <laughs> well, once you go Amy, you never go back. <laughs> Amy laughs. I don't like that joke. Give Megan my number. They smile at each other. Interior living room continuous. Amy sneaks back inside, pulls a little baggie of crushed powder out of her pajama pants, and sneaks into the kitchen. Interior kitchen continuous. Amy opens the lid of Billy's coffee, pours in the powder, and stirs it with a spoon with her back to the door. (sighs) Who is at the door? Amy screams and throws the spoon across the room. Jesus! Billy, shirtless, just stares at her, and Amy abruptly changes to a happy tone. I had coffee delivered! Triple shot peppermint mocha. Ooh, I'm a whore for a peppermint mocha. (laughs) Amy hands the coffee to Billy. I know. Enjoy every last drop. They won't make these again until Christmas. <laughs> Billy blankly points in Amy's face. You're good to me. Amy squirms a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Billy sips and smiles. This is delicious. And walks out. Amy looks at him in disbelief, then into the camera. Freeze frame on her disbelief. Graphic. Antibiotic dose number two of three. Check. 
Exterior, Manhattan Street. Interior, Dominic's Cubicle Afternoon. Split screen. Amy's walking down the street in a recognizably New York location on the phone with Dominic, who should be working at his computer, but isn't. I think I may be an evil person. Oh, and I'm your henchman. It's like you're Ursula the Sea Witch, and I'm like those two weird eel things. (laughs) Why do I have to be Ursula in this scenario? Because I was listening to it on Spotify today. And just imagine all the scissoring Ursula could do with all of those tentacles. (laughs) Amy stops. I don't find you funny. And Billy's a poor, unfortunate soul. <laughs> you done? Dominic concentrates real hard. Um, you usually look like you combed your hair with a fork. <laughs> now I'm done. Uh, do- did I burn out? Dominic, con- uh, Amy halts. I can't believe I'm doing this. It's crazy. It's mean. I'm being so mean. You're being practical. I'm freaking out. Just... Come over tonight, pretend I'm having a life crisis or something and I need you. Babe, you just have one more heist to pull off and you've got a foolproof plan for tomorrow's dose. It is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Let's drink wine and watch Lifetime movies. They soothe. You know, I actually am kind of having a life crisis. My mom is all in my shit about this No, whole... no, me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it on pause. I've got the new release on Blu-ray with Candace Cameron Blue. Mother fucking yes. They hang up and Dominic gets suddenly frustrated. He speaks to himself. Interior Dominic's apartment night. Amy and Dominic are watching the movie, engrossed, eating popcorn and drinking wine. The video speeds up as they watch, and it slows down to show how much they're enjoying it. Speed up. Slow down to regular speed. They laugh and slap each other. Speed up. Slow down. Now they're both crying. Speed up. Slow down. They're looking ahead, full of joy. Freeze frame on the joy. Lifetime movie starring DJ Tanner. Graphic. Five out of five stars. Cut to Amy and Dominic are now passed out. Snores. Chances I can pull this shit off? Graphic. One out of five poop emojis. I would be the one poop in this scenario. (laughs) And why are the poops smiling? I never got that. (laughs) Interior. Another kitchen the next day. Amy is stirring a bowl of something and talking to someone over her shoulder. This is absolute genius. I just show up at home with dinner tonight. Individual macaroni and cheeses. Close up on the bowl. One with lactose-free cheese for me, and another one with truffles and antibiotics for Billy. Freeze frame on the bowl. Graphic. Lactose-free cheese. Zero farts for Amy. Dinner laced with drugs. Zero STDs for Billy. Back to scene. Truffles will cover the taste of anything. Amy looks over her shoulder. Cut to Carl graphic. Photo of Carl, a gorgeous <coughs> man. Overlay to C. Carl, personal chef. Back to scene. Carla appears. She's trans and she's gorgeous. We now realize the Carl picture was Carla before her transition. She joins Amy in the kitchen and drops the truffles into the second bowl. They literally taste like shit, but people like them anyway. I owe you big time. <laughs> yeah, you do, but you can pay me back by telling me how you, who colors your hair. Ooh, I love that we can have girl talk now. Right? <laughs> they ad-lib in agreement. But I hate to disappoint you. This is natural. Um, sister, you're forgetting I have intimate knowledge of the carpet, and darling, it does not match the drapes. <laughs> Amy does a laugh scream, and Carla giggles along. Uh, their name is Andre. I'll text you their info. Yeah, you will. <laughs> but I have to tell you, you are looking fierce, though, seriously. How is your new love life going? Well... I have gonorrhea, so that's taking me out of the scene for a hot second. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. No big. Shut up. <laughs> you know, I was worried about the, that the transition would put a hit on my social life, but it turns out there is a market for this. She gestures toward herself. No doubt. You get it, girl. Carla gives a coy smile. Freeze frame on that look. Graphic. Number of messages currently waiting in Carla's OkCupid okay inbox, 42. You know, I'm happy to help with the food, hon, but are you sure you want to do this? What do you mean? Carla gets serious. I always say trust is the basis of any good relationship. Well, shit. Also, 
I'm thinking of going with bangs. You'd look great with bangs. Carla makes eye contact. Amy, I trust you. Amy makes an audible noise of disgust at herself. Maybe she should just tell the truth. Interior Amy's apartment night. Amy has set up a beautiful table with candles, flowers, and the good plates. Each plate has a cover. Amy is nervous, and she hears the door unlocking as Billy walks in. Surprise! Amy knocks the table as she stands up and grabs things to keep them from falling, and Billy smiles. What is this? He drops his briefcase and gives Amy a kiss hello. They stand by the table. I like to do nice things for you. Like get the dry cleaning. She freezes guilty. Shit, Amy, I asked you to do one thing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I promise. I'm super on it, though. Billy angrily drops his briefcase on the couch. In the meantime, dinner. (laughs) Okay, the brownie, the peppermint mocha, dinner. You trying to fatten me up? No, what? I just, you'd look hot, tubby. Jesus. I don't know, dinner. (laughs) Amy, Amy, Amy. (laughs) Hold up. Billy gets serious and sits down. Look, I know what's going on here. You do? I don't think you do. Wait, do you? I'm not an idiot. Not the last time I checked. I think it's sweet. What? How could you think what I'm doing is sweet? I'm a monster. You're freaking out. Yeah, I'm freaking out. Because we decided to be boyfriend and girlfriend, which admittedly is not your natural state. Like, I know you've made a lot of changes for me. Oh, boy. Now you're trying so hard to figure out what being in this relationship means, and kitten, you can stop. Oh, that's sweet. You're, You're so sweet. That's not really what's going on. I need to tell you the truth. A wise man... Uh, Correcting herself. Sorry, woman once told me, trust is the basis of any good no, relationship. Shh, 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 Amy, I'm in, okay? I know it's only been three months, and this is going to make me sound like a, a lesbian, but I love you. Oh, wow. You look scared. It scares me to death because I think I love you, too. They lean across the table and kiss. Good. Thank you for making dinner. Billy pulls the cover off his food and sniffs. Truffles? Noise. He starts to eat while Amy has a personal crisis. Um, Billy, I need to tell you something. Uh, Get the door, kitten. Okay. (laughs) Eat up. Amy opens the door and Vanessa walks right in. She paces and she's a little drunk. Dude, I was so rude to you. I was like, I was so rude to you. Dude. Billy looks up. Who is this? Cut to Vanessa graphic. (laughs) Photo of Vanessa, a Latina in a suit. Overlay 2B, Vanessa, bank teller, back to scene. Uh, Vanessa, no, it's fine. You should... No, I should have been happy for you. You found love in a hopeless place, dude, just like Riri. (laughs) Uh, You need to go, Vanessa. Just like Riri, dude. And I just dismissed you like I didn't even know you. Like rude, like (laughs) rude.com. Billy stands up. My therapist said I was jealous and, and, you know, I think I was. Wait, who, who are you? Amy, is this the dude? Shit, he's cute. <laughs> Bro, I'm sorry about that, Connery. Yeah. Dead silence. I'm sorry, what now? Amy looks into the camera, blank. Fade out. Act three. Interior Amy's apartment continuous. Amy stares at the camera as we hear the last bit of dialogue again. Amy, is this that dude? Shit, he's cute. Bro, sorry about that, Connery. Yeah. Dead silence. I'm sorry, what now? Cut to blank screen with the sound of a rapid heartbeat throughout. I think I literally blacked out for the next few minutes, but some statistics I do remember. A slideshow. Cut to slow motion silent footage of Billy screaming at Amy and Vanessa as Vanessa runs out. Number of neighbors who complained about the noise, four. Graphic, four. Slideshow, cut to... Number of times I had to explain what scissoring is to Billy. (laughs) Slow motion silent footage. An exasperated Amy, embarrassed, makes the scissoring hand gesture. Billy looks confused... Then he looks more confused. Then he gets it and is grossed out. Graphic three. 
slide slideshow cut to slow motion silent footage of Amy pleading. Number of times I said I'm sorry, priceless. Graphic infinity sign. I do remember this part crystal clear, though. Slideshow cut to Billy and Amy sharing an intense moment. So you're telling me I probably have gonorrhea right now? No, no. No? Because I uh, ground up antibiotics and put them in the brownie, the coffee, and the truffles. Billy takes a moment, and then... What? After a few seconds, the sound drops out, but Billy keeps screaming at Amy. The film speeds up as they go through all the motions of the fight. Three or four minutes of fighting sped up into about 30 seconds. And the rest is a blur. I mean, who am I kidding? I'm a complete scuzz. And if I had just told him the truth when I found out, he'd probably have... No, he'd have broken up with me anyway, but no real harm done, right? My God, why am I justifying this? It's unjustifiable. I messed up hard. The film slows as Billy grabs his briefcase and heads to the door. I know you love your statistics, Amy, so here's one for you. The last... uh, The chances of the... (laughs) I know you love your statistics, Amy, so here's one for you. The chances of this being our last conversation... 100%. 100%. Billy, stay, please. I'm not like this. I'm sorry, Amy, but you're totally like this. Billy slams the door. Amy looks right into camera and starts to cry. She leaves frame as we cut to a black screen. Here are some more statistics for you. Back to scene, Amy crying on the couch. Number of minutes I sobbed into my my pillow. <laughs> Graphic, mm-hmm. 120. Interior bathroom, night. Amy standing in a running shower. Number of minutes it takes to wash off your own disgusting behavior. Graphic undetermined. We ran out of hot water. Amy feels the temperature change and frantically tries to shut it off. Ah! Interior Amy's apartment later. Amy sits on her couch using the TV remote. Number of lifetime movies available on demand when you need the most. She gives up. Graphic zilch. The door opens and it's Dominic. He's got DVD boxes in hand and a bottle of wine. I brought over my movies. Are you in my head right now? Gay genius. <laughs> he turns around to show her the back of his jacket, which has a gay genius decal on it. I'm branding it. <laughs> Wait, how did you even know? Vanessa enters. I knew you needed your bear, dude. <laughs> Vanessa, you should be pissed at me. Hopeless place, dude. Hopeless place. <laughs> Jay pokes his head in with a to-go cup. Hey, you want a hot chai? Carla pokes her head in with a package. Lactose-free cheese. You guys, how are you all here right now? It's cute you think we don't know each other. We've had an on-group text going since this whole fiasco started. Except Vanessa. So three days ago, I may or may not have thrown my phone at the wall in anger. I will not confirm or deny that. <laughs> you know, we worry about you. Just because we are all your friends doesn't mean we aren't your actual friends. I mean, you're a mess, but we love you. And we all kind of hated Billy. Mm. Really? Everyone ad libs agreement. With Billy, I don't even know who you were. But with the four of us, you can at least be yourself. And that's what makes you so amazing. You let the people you love feel free to be exactly who they are. Amy takes a moment to look at them and breaks into a full sob. You guys, thanks for coming. (laughs) As your oldest and dearest friend, I knew you'd want company. You know, I like to describe my friendship with Amy like that movie Moonlight. I'm sorry, what? Don't you dare make that joke. It's a good joke. <laughs> You're not funny, Dom. Yeah, our friendship is like Moonlight. When we were teenagers, Amy gave me a handjob on the beach once. Then we didn't talk for a while, and now we're close again. <laughs> I don't like that joke. Carla, Dominic, and Amy <laughs> die laughing, and Amy's starting to feel better. Okay, kids, enough of these feeling stuff. We're on distraction duty, and we've got like 40 Lifetime movies up in here. Dominic sits. Oh, shit, you got that, that one with like Melissa Joan Hart where you like think she and that hot guy won't get together, but then, like, yo, they, hey, they do? <laughs> That's, like, half of these. Uh, make room on that couch, bro. Vanessa sits. Let's get some wine going. Uh, 
<laughs> no wine, kids. We're all on antibiotics. <laughs> well, more for me. Sinners. <laughs> they laugh. Dominic unscrews the top of the wine, and everyone snuggles on the couch as the camera zooms in on Amy's face. She speaks, but they don't hear her. Couple more statistics for you. Number of days I just wasted trying to be someone I'm just not for Billy, 93. Number of good deeds I need to do to make up for this gonorrhea thing, like a million. Number of amazing friends I don't fucking deserve but are totally there for me when I need them, four. Dominic hits play and they start the movie. Fade to black. Yay! All right, guys, that was I'm Not Like This, written by Guy Olivieri, who's in New York right now, but he will be calling in in just a minute, so stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back on air for the Unproduced Table Read. We just read I'm Not Like This by brilliant writer Guy Olivieri, who I think we have on the line. Guy, are you there? Hello. Hello, hello. Hey, Guy. Guy, it's great to have you back. For those of you who may not know, um, Guy has been on the show already. We read his very charming vampire comedy, Suckers. And Guy, it's great to have you back. Thanks for being here. I'm excited to be asked back. Thank Great. You. One of the things that's fun about bringing on returning writers is we can sort of start to look at the themes that develop individually with writers and try to kind of look for through lines in your style. And one of the things <laughs> I love about your writing, Guy, is you incorporate diversity in such a non-obligatory way. I think on comedies, especially comedies that are kind of pitched in this tone, usually like the diversity inclusion feels so, like such an obligation or like a network note. And you have such an interesting way of incorporating diverse characters in a way that feels so natural and charming. Can you talk about, first of all, whether or not diversity is kind of an important initiative for you as a writer and how you manage to incorporate diverse characters in such a seamless way? Well, thank you for saying that. That sounds like a big compliment because I partially wrote this because I am not great at diversity. I started writing a bunch of stuff for like white gay guys like myself. And then as I got further along, I realized I just, uh, you know, I was, I was just not like accurately depicting the city I live in. So with this project, I really specifically tried to make diversity and inclusion a major point, a major part of what was going on, especially because like, when I look around in my life, there's, there's, I have this huge diversity of people, not just like age and, and uh, race, but like under the, under the queer spectrum, I, I'm starting to know all sorts of different kinds of people and I'm not seeing any of their stories anywhere. So, mm-hmm. um, so as I was working on this, the, I, I, um, it's kind of based on a, a, a urban legend <laughs> friend of mine who um, may or may not have given his wife gonorrhea. And then I started thinking about the people that could be involved in the story and it kind of moved forward from there. <laughs> well, yeah, like one of the things I really like is there's obviously the large details, like including, you know, a trans character and gay characters. But one of the things I really like is there's this small stut- this small touch on page 22 where um, Amy and Carla are talking about Andre, and Amy says, I'll text you their mm-hmm. info. And I'm assuming that's because he's gender non-binary? You picked that up, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's such a small touch, mm-hmm. but that stuff is so, so important. And are we going to meet that character Great, thank later? thank you so much. I, I love to hear that, because that that, you know, that's a recent addition, cool. as I'm learning more about that myself. Are we going to meet that character later? Oh, absolutely. And uh, I, I anticipate Billy uh, coming back in the hole, too. He's going to learn how to be a better person. <laughs> <laughs> he needs help from someone who's not just a straight white male to teach him how to <laughs> live in the world. Yeah, um, absolutely. Another thing I like about your writing that I've sort of noticed is you incorporate um, these sort of like punchy freeze frames or flashbacks or sort of almost like meta film elements in your comedy. Has that always been the way you've written? 
Uh, no, that's new. I've been, I've been, uh, the last couple of projects I did were with the same director who's, uh, actually an editor by trade. And the more that I realized like the magic that he could pull off through with after effects, the more I realized that like, uh, there's just, a, there's a lot of storytelling that I just wasn't even taking advantage of. So, um, as I was working on, I like the idea of Amy being a mathematician and I like the numbers. And then the more I worked on it, the more I realized how much dialogue can be pulled out with these, uh, with these graphics instead and how much, quicker the story can go so I, I kept on moving in that direction and the idea for the whole show as, as like an arc is that in each season there's going to be a different lead of each episode and each uh each person has their own visual vocabulary so like for instance when vanessa is the lead um she's going to have the voice of her mother like literally a face of a woman in the corner who's going to be telling her what to do and it's going to be informing what she does and you know um uh uh, Dominic sees everything through a lens of irony. So when he's doing stuff, there's going to be like a running count of like the shitty things that he wants to say and then what he actually <laughs> does say. So, you know, I'm going to try to make it really, really visual as it goes along, um, starting with Amy as a jumping off point. That's really smart. I kind of want to see this show. I know. I, yeah. I like that so much. <laughs> yeah. um, is that, you said, so that's by season or that's by episode? I mean, my thought is each, uh, the first season will have um, two episodes for each of them. Mm. Uh, so there'll be 12 episodes and they'll, and then, you know, what I expect to change as it moves along as people grow and turn into different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the plan. Where do you see this living? Uh, it's, it's Netflixy, I yeah, think. I thought, what do you yeah, guys yeah. think? Yeah, that's, that, that's one I of the thought questions Netflix I had for you. For sure. I would actually see it on something like TBS, which I never yeah. thought I would ever say, but I recently watched, um, the guest book mm-hmm. and it kind of has like a similar uh, style and it's a little bit more adult than you would expect from TBS, but right. they're kind of going in mm-hmm. that direction as well. Yeah, the last show G yeah, on TBS too. Yeah. I interrupted you guy, hop in. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I just, I, I kind of. Uh, I, I know it like deals with adult themes, but it's really actually not all that adult, and I think the curse yeah. can be pulled out pretty easily. That's yeah. what the kind of, but that's what kind of what TBS has been doing lately is like kind of just towing the yeah. line of like there are there are certain adult themes to it, but it's still like this light. There's like this lightness to TBS shows that I feel like this also yeah. has as well. Yeah, I can see it on Fox. Yeah, I think you're right. It's on for... Fox too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Fox had a pilot that unfortunately they didn't. Um, they only ran one season of the show, but you didn't see that show Weird Loners, did you? <laughs> Nope. That might be an interesting <laughs> reference for you because I think there's some tonal right. things in that show that are going on here as well, including one thing I want to talk with you about, which is a conversation that a lot of people are having nowadays about like the importance of likability, especially on comedies. And they'll take a show like Girls with Lena Dunham and be like, oh, I just the characters are so unlikable. Um, mm. Amy is an interesting character because you like openly acknowledged throughout the pilot that she's not a very good person. But part of it owes to your read, Haley. I think you did a great job mm-hmm. with this character. But how did you make Amy sort of this this charming character despite the fact that she is ultimately a not only bad character but terrible person, as you mentioned in the in the script? <laughs> Um, yes, Haley, you did a fantastic job. Thank you very much. You're so so right in line with what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think your intentions kind of define who you are. And like, you know, she's got some, she makes some bad decisions and she makes some weak choices, but I think her intentions are really all kind of pure. So to me, I think of her as kind of um, lovable, but messed up. And that those are, you know, a lot of people in my life. So I actually am not really kind of worried about her likability. Um, 
But that's interesting that you say that. I'm going to think about that. Yeah, well, I'm not worried about it either in a way. Like, her saying I'm a terrible person more than once is like, yeah. everybody does that in their head, whether exactly. it's true or not. <laughs> right. And like, so she does this this sort of sneaky thing. I honestly don't even think it's that bad. Yeah, I think but it's... like, lying is bad and drugging your lover, but <laughs> it's for a, it's for it's a good, good cause. And you know, yeah. like, if they had lasted, she probably would have confessed it at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I liked her. I mean, I think when people bring up girls, because um, this reminded me a lot, I was saying earlier, how it reminded me a lot of Lovesick. And like what he does isn't, I mean, it's like he's not always likable yeah. in mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. show, but you still like feel for him and understand like, okay, well, he's trying his best to tell these women like he has, I think it's chlamydia. Um, yeah. But with with girls in particular, I think what, what came out is that people just don't like Lena Dunham because Lena Dunham is not a <laughs> likable person and that affected their viewpoint of girls. Yeah. So I know I personally watched every episode while hating it the entire time. Yeah. I watched Same. It's a great show to so hate watch. Never watch a single episode. Never will. I have to quickly plug. <laughs> like, I finally watched Fleabag. Have any of you guys watched oh that Oh my show? god, it's so amazing. It's so good. Yeah. I just have to plug it quickly not only because I think it's a great antidote to some of the unlikability in girls but I do think it's employing some of the same really stylistic choices that Female. you talking to camera sort of thing yeah mm-hmm. you haven't seen that show have you guy i have not but i've heard about it it, it is great it's also i think uh there's shades of amy in the lead of that show as well and i mean that in a good way mm. it's you know but i would check out <laughs> fleabag because i think that could also be a great reference for you yeah, um, well, so I'm, I'm sort of picturing like obviously i mentioned friends because i think obviously these characters are a little older but it's you know those quirky sort of unlucky in love folks floundering in Manhattan. Um, but where do you picture sort of the season going? You mentioned some of the structural choices you want to make, which I think are really pretty brilliant. But what? how about narratively? Where are you picturing this going? Uh, by the way, I did go back and watch the pilot episode of Friends that you guys did. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice. recently. Awesome. Thank uh, you. Because it is, it, it does, you, one should go back and visit that every couple of months, I think. <laughs> uh, any person who's engaged in culture should know that very well. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, I mean, I, if, if, there's, if there's another through line in, in the stuff that I write, it's that, uh, uh, maybe it's most maybe it's the New York in me, but a lot of people I know are making families in untraditional ways, and a lot of them are not even choosing them. They just they wind up at a point in their life and like these are the people who are who are my family at the moment, mm-hmm. and so it's definitely like friend. I mean, I guess that's part part of uh, how friends work too. But like, I think that there's something really exciting and interesting about those groups of people that form. So I definitely want to focus on that. And as as the time goes by, I don't ever want this to be about them like finding other people and disappearing from the group like i think that investing in the people you have around you is a is a smart choice and it's something that people around 40 tend to do (laughs) in my life um and i love that and you know there's no i mean i'm also noticing that especially in this queer spectrum under which i exist i mean i'm actually a very boring like married gay guy (laughs) like i'm pretty conservative but like i have friends who whose entire social structure is based on the people that they hook up with. And that's where like, if you need somebody to like pick you up from a colonoscopy, you call one of those people, you know, like it's like a different kind of way to set up your life and it's beautiful and different. And I think that that deserves some exploration. Well, the thing that I like is like if diversity and inclusion is an important part of your mission as a writer, I think the way that you win America is by writing stuff like this. I mean, like again, never once do any of the, 
characters in this pilot feel obligatory, but like I feel like my parents who don't know what gender non-binary is, if they really come to like Andre as a character, that's kind of how you change people's minds. I mean, like I think Will and Grace made the gay conversation okay in America, and like I don't know, mm-hmm. I think you're you're doing that here, guys. So I have to applaud you. It's good stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks very much. I mean, I one of the questions I had for you guys is um, what's offensive? Like I have this has been through several different generations and I've had people sit down and read it and I have inadvertently done some things that offended people and it led to great conversations about like how uh, marginalized groups like or need to be shown in media and so is there anything for anybody that like popped out as like a something I need to think more about any of you guys there's actually one the the one joke that I think either needs a button or I would maybe not include it is just this joke of lesbians are the first ones to say I love you. Actually, I though, I know and I I know a few they lesbians. They fall hard and, and they, they fall tend fast. to fall yeah. really yeah, quickly in love. And I've listened to the read <laughs> and um, Crystal on the read is always talking about how like that's a true thing Second of like how like lesbians are just yeah, like and we're together um <laughs> so I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily untrue no but <laughs> like, also but also it's like the the stri- i assume the lawyer boyfriend is a, the only like straight straight laced here character but yeah. like um, yeah yeah but and, but like so he's kind of like not in that world he's gonna make that joke and like Amy like makes some off color jokes yeah. which is like and people address it and say like oh, I don't like that joke which is a good way of doing it like yeah. you can still have it and then people because it happens in life and then people are like hey why don't you not say that <laughs> I, I think, think that was a good way of addressing it what I would have loved here guy is like when we finally ve- meet Vanessa at the end if there's a joke somewhere in there where it's like well I don't fall hard like a lesbian and Vanessa's like what are you talking about <laughs> I'm like and then she's That's the one who funny. sort of pushes back against that I think I was maybe it's just the comic writer in me but I was sort of waiting for that third beat with that joke mm-hmm. and I think it'd be funny if it came from Vanessa at the end Tim are you gonna um, I yeah, love it. Thank I think you. one of the things that popped out to me in the script, which I was like, oh, was that Dominic doesn't know the names to Flotsam and Jetsam. He calls them the weird <laughs> eel things. And I'm like, as a gay man wow. who just listened wow. to The Little Mermaid on Spotify, you, know, like, Flotsam you would and know Flotsam and Jetsam. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, she, and then she can go like, what? Oh, God. God, pay attention. I was personally offended That's by that. That's fucking <laughs> but, like, hilarious. People who love The Little Mermaid love The Little Mermaid. Right. Like, I did an acapella version of um, Part of Your World in an improv class because I had to, and, and I knew every single line. Of course. <laughs> like, so people who love The Little Mermaid really love Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, there was, uh, I've been workshopping different uh, Little Mermaid jokes and dropping them in and out each time I do it. I love it. Hopefully I'll find the right combination of them. Oh, yeah. I love it. Um, another thing, Guy, that I think I could have enjoyed in this, and I think this is up to you, but um, with Billy, I almost wonder if we could have could have made him a bit more, like, a bit more clearly douchey at the beginning, just because mm. I like the idea of Amy making a mistake with him just because she's making a mistake with him. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but well, he's I think it, yep. I think it's it, I think the level of douchiness is appropriate because it's like that nice guy douche where mm-hmm. when you're in the middle of it, you don't see how not good they are for you and your friends all see it but don't say anything and then when you break up they're like, "Oh my god, thank god, thank god you didn't see how." Like so it, there's like a right. level of of like even the way he's like, can you get the dry cleaning or just like there's just, it's so small and subtle that I feel like a lot of women would pick up on it easily and be like, oh this guy's not 
This guy's kind of, yeah. he's not any good. I think I read him, too, with, like, a little bit too much humility. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I think he could have been worse, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, a little more mm-hmm. over the top. My question about him is that, like, he does seem pretty two-dimensional throughout most of it. And then at the end, when he's kind of, when it, sh- it says it, like, cuts to him yelling at her for minutes, but we don't see it. I was kind of taken back by that, because it seemed slightly out of character for him, because he was so, like, calm mm-hmm. throughout. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm just asking, like, with the read, like, were you expecting him to be douchier, or did you ex- like? Is it supposed to be an explosion like that, to where we're kind of taken back? Well, this is definitely one of the things that's still that's still uh, an open issue. I've I've written him to be way more transparently bad up front. I mean, it's, you know, there's it's a pilot; you only have so much time. But like, you can I've added stuff in the front that's made him uh, less of a question mark. You know, just just a bad guy, and um, and then I wound up taking it out because I, I think. You have to, on some level, you have to question whether she actually should be with him, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, but it's, it's a, it's a point well taken and I'm still kind of working on that. And yeah. my thought is maybe it's in performance, but you know, it has to be read before somebody's going to be performing it. I think it definitely could be a big part of the performance because it's like in the writing, like when yeah. you look at the script, you see that he does things out of anger and annoyance and like things like that. So I guess if you're watching it and the, and the actor is doing that and you're kind of like, well, that guy's kind of a dick, well, right? It's, mm-hmm. you know? it's like with, um, I just want to be sure I'm quoting Donna is the redhead in Mad Men, right? Donna, no. Christina. She's the redhead in that I mean, 70s that show. 70s. <laughs> Not Donna Reed. Oh, wait, who's, who's the chick? Uh, Joan? Joan. Yeah. So it's like Joan's yeah. husband. When you first introduce Joan's husband, you're like, wow, what a dream about, oh, this guy's so great. Uh-huh. And then it's like <laughs> slowly revealed, like yeah. before it even gets to the, like, the rape part, that he's just a shitty guy. Like yeah. there's just like little small yeah. subtle stuff that he does that you're like, this guy. So I feel like it's kind of like that with Billy, where mm-hmm. it's 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 small, subtle stuff where it could just be like the way he says a certain thing to her, or like you wouldn't, mm-hmm. like you don't know quite how to feel about it. There, where you have that kind of like, you, know, you don't really know if he's a good guy or bad guy. You know, you know, you don't know if she's doing like the right thing or or not throughout yeah. the pilot. I hear that. That's yeah. Uh, yeah he's a, he's a, totally what I'm picturing, and that's but it's uh, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. I'm going to think more about that. The thing is, the fact that we're disagreeing about it is actually a really good sign, guy. Because yeah. at a certain point, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's your script, and yeah. like mm-hmm. I think there are really valid valid arguments to be made in either direction. And I think it's good actually when you're workshopping something and people aren't agreeing. Yeah. So I, it's in really yeah. really good shape. I think I. Um, did anyone else have anything else they wanted to... Yeah, to... I had a question about their ages, just because I know you envision them in their late 30s, early 40s, um, but I felt like toward the end, it just felt like a younger generation would be taking this so calmly. Like, I felt like the generations today are so like sexually fluid and like, oh yeah, you gave me gonorrhea, like whatever. But like older generations would be like, that's a big deal. I, w- did you always picture them in their 40s or did you picture them to be younger? Um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but this same thing came up with suckers. I think, like word for word, and it might have uh-huh. even been from you. Um, uh, <laughs> and I, and Maybe because I want to play your role. And the response is that the people in my life are super immature. Um, <laughs> that, like, okay. um, uh, to me, to me, it's uh, that is a realistic slide, and also the way that they speak is probably younger than forty-year-olds would speak in you know Nebraska. But there's something about. New York City that makes people behave like that. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I think it's kind of important that uh, Amy be 40 because there's a certain kind of, and I'm speaking for a group I do not belong to, but there's a certain type of like, um, uh, the decision-making change that happens 
Oh, I'm stepping. I'm, I'm about to say something I'm not supposed to say. Can somebody help me out? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that, like, uh, the decisions a 39-year-old makes are different than the decisions uh, a 29-year-old makes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're thinking more about their future and long-term stuff in a way. So, like, to me, that's important. But everybody else can be pretty much any age, I think. I mean, um, I think... Carla could be any age. I think Jay could be any age. It's di- it's important to me that they're different ages, so that there's somebody who's 25 and there's somebody who's 50, mm-hmm. um, just for the diversity part of it. Yeah. But um, I don't know. But I'm I, I uh, I'm I'm open to. I mean, also when this was originally written, Amy was a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, all all these people have been different races and different genders, and mm-hmm. everything has been all over the place. And I kind mm-hmm. of like found the combination that I I think that works for everybody at this point. Um, I think like a 39 year old woman, I don't know. I, I, I turned 30 a few years ago and I know when I was approaching 30, I was like, okay, I just got to figure out, you know, how to, what I got to do. I got to find a man. I got to get this done. <laughs> and so I, I can imagine if I was still like on my way to 40, having that thought, I'd be like, oh my God, I have yeah. to find like, how can I like, okay, I got to get my eggs frozen. I got to forget. Like, cause there's just like the, I watch uh, my girlfriends go over 35 and there's like a mad dash to figure yeah. out like I gotta get this done <laughs> as quickly as possible. So, Jesus. I mean, I just turned 40 this year and That's guys, so I'm not handling it great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm doing some strange stuff. So like, I, I think that there's, that's kind of a magic number for people. I was yeah. going to say, as I've, as I've gotten older and older, these people do not seem very far away from, no. from <laughs> most people I know in their yeah. late thirties. You think you're going to change. You don't yeah. change. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that, that makes me feel better. Uh, I always ask this question. Uh, was there anything that you liked or didn't like today hearing it aloud? Have you had a table read before? Uh, yeah, I've had a, a bunch of table reads. Um, I think I realized that there's too much in the Billy Amy at the end. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about them exchanging. I love yous. Um, mm-hmm. to me that didn't, wasn't matching with what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still, um, openly question the moonlight joke, which, might be the best thing I've ever written, or might be a complete. <laughs> what the moonlight joke's great. Yeah. That's great. The That's perfect. Laugh out loud yeah. at it. Yeah, I think you're okay. <laughs> All right, we'll keep that. Yes, yes, keep it. Um, well, guy, clearly we like the script. Um, I think it's in great shape, and I, it's been fun to get to know you as a writer. It's, that's why it's fun to bring writers back on. And I do think for our listeners. Um, you're a good example of how to thoughtfully approach diversity. Um, I, you're, you're careful when you speak about minority groups you don't represent, but it's also our job as writers to, I think, and not everyone agrees with me on this, but you know your job as a writer is to imagine the experience of groups you don't necessarily occupy. And I think you do that very thoughtfully. That's clear in the way you write, and that's mm. clear in the way you interview. So um, I think that's a great le- lesson for our writers, and I, I appreciate that thoughtfulness. Can I share with you the best piece of advice I got on that topic? Please. Um, it was one of, one of the actors who read Jay, and I just wrote a character and called him black, and there was pretty much nothing. And uh, he kind of, he just sat and explained to me that, like, uh, no black actor is going to want to play that part. Um, you have to acknowledge even some tiny little tiny little way that this person comes from a culture that's slightly different than the other people in the room and just one acknowledgement of it just just recognizing that there's there it, that difference exists in some little way is going to make that character turn into a completely well-rounded person mm-hmm. at, and like that's just a a trap that people fall into when they're writing for people who aren't like them so yeah. um and it was actually his thought that maybe he was uh that he had some issues about dating a white girl and what that meant to him so he was like just think about what that must be like and so, you know, I wrote a couple of jokes around it. And then, you know, like 
bada bing, he's kind of more well-rounded. So I'm, I think about that all the time when I'm trying to write people who are not like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a very great tip. Yeah, it's like the diversity should be clear in the writing, not just the casting. Yeah, the people will always want to do mm-hmm. colorblind, but the truth is that we don't go through our lives colorblind. Right. And so, yeah. you know, I was telling a friend, I was like, oh, let's write this web series called White Spaces because we're two black women who are mainly in white spaces. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and what is that like? Mm-hmm. When someone tells a joke or says they love something that we know to be, we know to be problematic, but this person doesn't know because they're white, huh. and so we're like, mm. yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, so it's it is a difference. I'm currently in love with the word problematic. That's, that's <laughs> problematic. The word we have downgraded from offensive to problematic just because we're like we're not going to deal with this right now. Yeah, <laughs> so like, it's offensive. Have we have to deal with it. Right. Problematic. We can. Shell. Yeah, that is that's so hilarious. funny. That's, that's such a sharp observation, and that's so true of people our age. I think that might be problematic, but let's just deal with it later. <laughs> you just table that. Just table that. Um, well, guy, thanks so much for being here. Um, I love you as a writer, and I really like this script, and we wish you the best of luck. Um, that being said, if people want to connect with you or buy this thing up, how do they do that? Uh, GuyOlivieri.com, or you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at GuyIsDelightful. Or they can reach out to your people, right? <laughs> yes, I, I have management. Yes. <laughs> Just go, go through GuyOlivieri.com. Everything, everything's there. Okay, oh. perfect. Um, well, Guy, thanks so much for being here. It was, it was fun. This is so great, and I'm, I'm really, really grateful you guys took the time. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Um, you're welcome back anytime, Guy. Uh, we'll talk soon. All right, guys, this is the Unproduced Table Read here on the Popcorn Talk Network. Again, we read I'm Not Like This, a comedy written by Guy Olivieri, one I enjoy very much. Um, If you guys like today's script, I would go ahead and recommend Guy's other script because, as I mentioned, he has a consistent style. (laughs) That script is called Suckers, and it's a pretty fresh take on the vampire genre. It's a vampire comedy, so that's definitely worth checking out. And we will be back here, actually, guys. We're running a special show next week. We're doing another scene study where we're having our cast... Bring in scenes. We did that around our 25th episode, and this is our 50th episode. So wow. we're going to go ahead and do that in celebration of our 50th episode, even <laughs> though it's our 51st. But I wanted Rocks to be here. So that'll be next week at 10 a.m. Um, and we'll see you then. Uh, Andrew, where can the people find you online? Uh, hi. Bye. You guys can find me at Andrew Guy. Ooh. I am Haley O'Connor. I am on Instagram at Haleywood. I'm Adrian Snow. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Miss Adrian Snow. I'm Timothy Michael. You can find me everywhere at I am Timothy Mike. One more time, guys. I'm Jeff. You can find me online at Jeffrey C. Graham. And we will see you here next week on Friday at 10 a.m. for the Unproduced Table Read. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.